Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Um, Well, obviously we're going to share today and um, we're going to sit down if that's okay. (laughs) Partly because I've got some bruised ribs um, self-inflicted, but also just because it's casual. Is that okay? Give me a wave if you're okay with that. So it's going to be, we're going to be different today, um, partly because we are completely unrehearsed and uh, However, we know where we want to go and where we want to end up. So let's pray and, uh, and, and just offer this time to the Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us right now. And we pray that you would speak to us as a house and as a family and that you would do everything that you want to do in us today. And Lord, we pray blessing. We pray that your voice would, would speak over us and we say, come Holy Spirit and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week I spoke on inheritance and um, we're going to flow a little bit from that. And really inheritance talks a lot about um, generation to generation, passing of one generation to another. And it's a little bit of a theme of what we want to talk about today, but also really on where to from here. Um, Because I don't know about you, but we can only do the same thing so many times um, and just keep going through the motions before sooner or later we stop and we just go, God, you're going to have to come and do something. And we're, we're in a time in history where old techniques aren't going to work, where old methodologies and old styles and even old words, and like I said last week, you throw on an old album hoping it brings revival and it doesn't. The memories come back, but, you know, it's got to be a current move of God. And that's really what we're hungry for. That's what we want to share on today. Um, But really flowing out of that theme of inheritance, and I just want to open this up for a minute before Karen will share as well, and, and that is we as a house have a great inheritance. As a house, Harvest Church. And we've said many times that it's fascinating to us when we meet other couples from around Australia and even overseas when when we meet people and they say, oh, I remember God hit me on that carpet at Harvest Church or Morphevale Baptist um, with Roland Heidi Baker or with, you know, just at a conference or this or that and the other. And there are so many people that we come across where they say that and we're just like, wow, he, he did that here? Yeah. And you planted a church because of that moment? And, and, and this has happened all over the country. You can go places where, and we're still in contact now with people that, that just refer back to that. When Ben Fitzgerald came here, uh, for the awakening thing, he said, oh, I remember this building. He, he walked in the back and he said, oh, I remember I was up the back with Heidi. When Heidi was here, I was a boy just coming back to the Lord and he, did, he blew me away back there. And that's when it all started. Yeah. And so there's, there's m- so many miracle moments that have happened in this house. Yeah. And we don't want to build a monument to this place, 
but it's memory stones of what God has done. That's our inheritance. And we want to remind you today that that is your inheritance. And maybe you weren't here for some of those conferences. Maybe you haven't been here that long. It's okay because you get access to inheritance by bloodline instantly, not by the duration of service time. And you just have to be part of family and you get inheritance. And so there's a blessing that flows from this house to your family, to our family, to your uh, relationships and, and everything that you are because of what God's put on this house. And I'm going to let Karen just share a bit from there. Yeah. Good morning. This is something that... Um, is very close to our hearts. And as Marty said, we have such a precious inheritance as a house and really it's such a deep well. And for anyone who has property, knows someone who lives on property or understands, you know, what it is like living on the land, it takes time to dig a well. <laughs> a well is not something that just appears overnight. It's like, wow, we have this wonderful deep well with fresh living water. Someone has taken the time to plan that well. And she to... didn't listen to my sermon last week either, by the way. Did you speak yes. on this? <laughs> I was at home looking after family members. <laughs> but someone's taken time to do that. And there have been people that that have gone ahead of us who have spent hours with the Lord, seeking the Lord, digging that place to create that space for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And we are just living in the overflow of what other people have prayed for, what other people have sought for, the tears that they have cried for the outpouring of the Lord. And, and it is so precious. And we have a deep well in this house. <laughs> this place is saturated in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are so blessed and we are so privileged. But there is a fresh call for every generation. There's a fresh call for every heart. And this is what we feel a real stirring on as to what God is speaking to us in the now and the what is coming because there is a stewarding of what God gives us and then there's a call for more. And we are just, we're so thankful for what God's done and we're so thankful for who he is and we are who we are and we are who we are as a people and as a body and a community and a family because of what he's done. But the truth is, is that when you've tasted and when you've seen and when you've experienced the touch of God on your life, nothing else satisfies. And you're left in this place in life where nothing else fills that place in your heart and in your spirit and in your life but the tangible presence of God, but the Holy Spirit, but Jesus walking in and changing everything. Nothing else satisfies. Nothing else comes close. There's a hunger that can only be filled by Him and him alone. And sometimes, and we find this, and, and, you know, we're walking through this in our own way as well. And, you know, look, I look around the room and I was thinking this while I was in worship this morning and I look around and, and I think every single person in this room is facing something. We are all facing battles. We are all facing, you know, the fact that we need breakthrough. We need answered prayer. We need God to meet us in something. We're, we're praying for something. We're facing something. Every single person. If you're not, come see me afterwards. You can pray for me. <laughs> but we all are in a place where we're calling on more of the Lord. But there is a call for now that is going out from the heart of the Father because there's more for us. 
There is so much more for us. And, and Marty's right. We're not satisfied. We can't live in the past. We can't live in what has been. God's calling us into what is and what will be. And in that, really, there is a stirring of, of his heart and a stirring of the spirit for so much more. And, and, you know, we are so blessed as a house. We're so blessed as a people. We're so blessed as a city and a nation. Sometimes that blessing can leave us in a place where we just become very comfortable. <laughs> but I tell you, these last couple of years have been anything but comfortable with everything that the world has faced with COVID. Amen. We have been through things. We've faced things. There have been challenges left, right, and center. And to be honest, it's been a season where there's been no let up. It's like one more thing on top of one more thing. And then there's wars breaking out and there's people losing their lives. And, you know, it's Isaiah 60. The darkness is increasing but the glory of the Lord, it will cover the earth, is increasing in, in incredible measure. But I believe with all my heart that the Lord is looking for those who will be carriers of his glory in this time. It is one thing, and I woke up with this on my heart this morning, it is one thing to receive a touch of the Lord. It is one thing to receive a tangible ah, hug of Jesus. It is one thing just to be undone in his presence and in his love and in that moment. That is one very, very precious, precious thing. It's another thing to be a carrier and a steward of that anointing. And there are many of us who are praying for chains to be broken and for people to be set free. And it's, it's everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. My goodness, I cannot turn around in my life without seeing someone who needs breakthrough, someone who needs it. It's one thing to see chains broken. It's another thing to be a chain breaker. And I really believe that the Lord is calling and looking for those who will be willing to not only say, Lord, I want more, but I'm willing to carry. I'm willing to carry your anointing and your glory and your presence. And I need breakthrough and I need things, Lord, but I'm willing to be a chain breaker. I'm willing to be what it takes for my generation. We need it now more than ever. More than ever, there is so much going on in the world, but there is so much distraction in the midst of the pain. I remember, I remember years and years ago, and, and I'm blessed to have 44 years of life. And thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 44, I'm so grateful for every moment of my life through all the hard things I've been through and the good things. It shapes us into who we are. And it forms something deep within, within us that only God knows about. But I'm thankful for those 44 years. But I know now more than ever that when we go through hard things and when we face hard things, it is so much easier to be distracted and to let our focus shift onto, oh, what's that person doing over here? Oh, look at that person. Oh, this person's building an empire online. Oh, wow, look at this YouTuber. Oh, wow, what's happening over here? There is so much distraction going on. <laughs> Whereas I remember in the good old days when I was younger, if I was facing something hard, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> no other distraction on the planet but to literally get on my knees and to seek God. And we need that today because we need him. If he doesn't walk in the room, if he doesn't come, if he doesn't move, how are we going to see this generation come into the fullness of what God has?
Like Marty said, I, we, have, we have so many memories of this building being packed full of people, hungry people for the Lord. I think some of my favorite memories are literally of having this carpet, which did used to be green. It used to be artificial turf green carpet. Yeah, it did. And we had orange chairs to go with it. I mean, like the design concepts were out of this world, ahead of our time. <laughs> At one phase, we had pink curtains on the back of, yeah. I mean, we've seen it all here, really. <laughs> but some of my favorite How moments. How did God ever move? <laughs> How was he not distracted? <laughs> Some of my favorite moments and memories and our favorite moments is seeing the carpet covered in people, covered in people on their faces, touched by the power of the Holy Spirit, shaking under the power of God because their physical bodies cannot contain it, weeping under the holiness of his presence because I'm undone, I am unclean, and he is so holy and so beautiful. This is the God that we are here loving and serving and seeking, but there's more there's so much more. There's so much more. And I believe that we are in a place right now where the Lord is seeking those who will seek his face and will seek his heart and will not be distracted by what's happening in the world and not be afraid of the silence, but to get on our faces and to seek his face. Because I tell you, there's no other way. If you're looking for a, a, a recipe, if you're looking for a method, if you're looking for a, a something that's going to make something happen, it's called getting on our knees. It's called seeking his face. It's called loving him like he has loved us. And there is a cost in that, but there is a glory <laughs> full of joy unspeakable. And we're hungry for so much more of what the Lord has. So, yeah. Funny thing this morning, in five or six, five years of living at a farm on rainwater, We've done really well. But this morning I turned the tap on, nothing came out. And so I showered elsewhere today and we brushed our teeth in little cups of water that we've saved around the place in filters and things. So the bedroom door comes bursting open and it's like, we've run out of water. And I'm like, good morning. <laughs> but listen, the church has run out of water. Yeah. And... It, we are at a pivotal moment yeah. in history yeah. where the, the media, you cannot trust the media, mm. you cannot trust corporates, yeah. you cannot trust elites, you cannot trust global control yeah. and uh, the, the medical system and all of these things, they are all systems that we can no longer trust. And so we are forced... Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think it's probably a good thing. It's a very good thing. Because the water has run out. Yeah. Our, our reliance on Babylon to feed us the comforts is gone. Yeah. We now have to have eyes to see through the systems. Yeah. We have to have a strength and a resilience and prophetic insight to be able to see where is Jesus in all this stuff? Yeah. What does the kingdom look like beyond all of this stuff, the global yeah. stuff and all of this man-made stuff? What does it really look like for kingdom believers to rise up and follow Jesus? Yeah. Because the water's run out. 
The water, we, we can probably run on drips for a long time without even knowing it that we're getting dehydrated. And so even as a church, we're dehydrated and we need the well to, to flow again. And we don't need to just recount all the old stuff. I mean, it's good to remember and remembering the former things is important and honouring the former things. But we don't just want the same thing over again just, just because of paraphernalia or behaviour. We want Jesus to walk into the room and to touch lives, to change scenarios and families and relationships and hearts and bodies and sicknesses and everything that you and I have ever really believed the Lord for, what if he came and actually did that? There's probably, like Karen said, most of us sitting in this room have miracles waiting to happen. We have things that we're saying, God, I'm actually even tired praying that because I've been praying too long, so long. I've been believing for that for a long, long time. I'm, I'm just dry. The well is dry. And, and that's when God comes. That's when he comes, when we are willing to say, yeah, we're, we're going to humble ourselves and say we're out of rainwater. We can't do another song unless you come, unless you come, Holy Spirit. We don't want to do a conference. We don't just want to rev up the, the machine. We actually need the presence of God to come and, and do something. And that's, that's what we love about you guys is you're hungry for the same thing. What, what we're really saying today is we're inviting you into this. We're inviting you into this in a new way. We're inviting you into prayer for a fresh move of God, not, not just a fresh lineup of meetings, not a fresh man-made thing, but an actual visitation of Jesus into his house, into your life and our lives, because we need it as much as anyone. I mean, the, the, the well gets dry for us, just like it does for everyone else. But what we're not going to do is play another five years. We're not just going to beat the drum for another five years, seven years, ten years. We're saying, God, you're going to have to come. You're going to have to do something. And we, we might have differing opinions on all sorts of t- things, very important topics like footy teams and all sorts of things. But if God comes, nothing else matters. Everything else just gets leveled. And so a lot of you have known the touch of God. A lot of you have known what it's like when God's moved in your life. Maybe it's when you got saved or when you got filled with the Spirit or, you know, all sorts of different experiences that you have. And, and they're incredible things. We, we want you just to tap into that same faith that you had then and begin walking it out. Maybe you've never experienced that. Begin believing Him for a fresh awakening. And when a group of people like this do that collectively, God begins to move. And it's interesting because we have a responsibility, we have a part to play in awakening. You look at revival history, every single time there's been men and women willing to seek God. God just hasn't sovereignly blasted cities out of nowhere because no one was doing anything. He's done it because of honourable men and women like you and me saying, God, we need you. We're sick of playing games. We're sick of the routine. We need you to come because we actually need him to come and save the lost and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. And, you know, there's more demons on earth now than there ever has been, I think, just collectively, if you look at it. And so we need his power and presence. Do you agree? Yeah. Awesome.
For me, it's, um, if, have I still got volume? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay, great. Can't hear much up here. It's a bit different up here. Um, for, I think for us and, and having been birthed in the Spirit of God and having been birthed in the presence of God is different. Like when you've been birthed into the tangible touch of the Lord on your life, like you, you've walked in a way that it just shapes who you are and it is who we are as a people here. And for us, at the core of that, it's always been about Jesus. The Holy Spirit was given when Jesus went to be with the Father to bring to remembrance who he is and what he said and to bring glory to him. And like the Holy Spirit, he is he's just beautiful. Like he is faceless. Like he is the part of the Trinity that just serves and pours out and honors and uplifts and loves. And, you know, we, we know Jesus and we know the Father, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just comes in a way to glorify the Father, to glorify Jesus in us and through us. He is altogether selflessly beautiful in every way. And when you've been birthed in the Spirit, you carry something different. And we as a family carry something different in this place. We carry the tangible touch of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. And I tell you, life changes in one moment, in one instant, at the touch of the Spirit. There are some sermons you may remember after decades and decades of sitting in church. Many we will not. But I tell you, I bet you remember the moment where you were touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can guarantee you remember that moment when he transformed you and tears were streaming down your life and stuff broke off you and you experienced a love and a freedom like you cannot even verbalize. Those are the moments that you remember. Those are the moments that truly change us. Everything else is, is wonderful and it's a gift from God. But we have something so precious. And at the center of all that the Holy Spirit does, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about falling head over heels in love with the king. It's all about seeing him and knowing him, becoming more and more like him. It's all about Jesus. And I really believe that what we've been walking through in these last two or three years as not only as a church, but as uh, nations of the world in what's happening is that the shaking that's been happening is allowing us to see that everything else that we have put hope in or eyes on or trusted in is not as it seems because at the end of the day Jesus is coming back for his bride a bride that he paid a very high price for a bride that he gave everything for he's coming back for you and me and he's coming back for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle a bride that is in love with him a bride that is ready for her beloved and and I really believe that the shaking that is happening on the earth today is just the beginning and it's time for us as a church and as a people to awaken to the fact that it always has been about him it still is about him but it's got to come back to the fact that it is all about Jesus. It cannot be any longer about, you know, this or that or, you know, whatever is going on. Like we have so many things left, right and center pulling our attention, pulling our affection, pulling our time, distracting us like never before. Do you think there's a plan behind this? Do you think... 
But yet we have more people, and we say this all the time, we have more people than we have ever known struggling with mental illness, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, giving up on life. I'm just going to settle for this in my life because everything else is just unattainable. Constant comparison, constant comparison. I was talking to a young person the other day and, and they said, you know, it's different for us because we have everything in our faces 24-7 of all these people who succeed and who look incredible and who are doing so much and we're never good enough. And I went, oh. We need Jesus like never before. And he is looking for those of us who'll say yes. And who will be willing to, this might sound silly and it's simple, but who's willing to put our alarm clock on and get up in the dark and get on our knees and seek him. And who's willing to press through when the enemy says he doesn't hear you. He's not there. He hasn't come yet. You haven't seen your breakthrough why bother? I'll tell you why bother. Because he's given everything for us. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my Bible tells me that a prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. So get out of my mind when I'm getting up in the morning and you tell me it's not worth my time because it is. God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And I am, I am so yearning in my spirit to see the promises of God, the breakthrough of God, the outpouring of the spirit, just like, my goodness, we have seen so much. Can you give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about? When we're talking about them, can you wave your hand if you have experienced the touch of the Holy Spirit, if you know what we're saying? We are so blessed. We have received so much of the Lord, but to whom much is given, much is expected. When God gives us something to steward, it is an incredible trust. He gives us our earthly bodies to steward as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I can talk all day about health and wellness and spirit, soul and body. It's wonderful. But it took me getting to rock bottom to learn. And we want as a church and as a family and as a people to receive the call of the Lord and say, you know what, God, I've had enough. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't fill me. It's never going to give me the, the things that my heart wants. This world holds nothing for me. But you do. You do. But sometimes it's going to cost something. And we need to decide and we all get to choose whether we're going to be one that waits for the chains to break or whether we're going to be the one that says, Lord, choose me, I'm going to be a chain breaker. Whether we're just going to be the ones that sit around and say, well, Lord, we do hope one day you pour out. We just hope one day you wake up and just decide to pour some goodness out on your people and just pour out your spirit or whether we're going to be the ones that say, Lord, choose me. Lord, use me. Lord, awaken me. Lord, stir my heart, stir my hunger. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my ears. Lord, show me. Lord, wake me up. Wake me up, Jesus. Because there's so much more. There's so much more.
(laughs) And once you've tasted and once you've seen, my goodness, there is so much more. And there are countless people waiting for that breakthrough and for that deliverance and for that salvation. And, and, And we are given a trust as the people of God. We've been given something very precious and it's exactly what Marty's been speaking on with inheritance and and with what the Lord has given us. We've been entrusted with something precious and just this week we've been we've been talking and sharing and at one point this week we we sat together and, and we we got to the point where we were like, you know, we've done twelve years, twelve years is, is senior in senior pastors around there. <laughs> um, twenty-five years our whole married life in ministry. And we've been through some things and we've seen some things and we've been through some hard things and some of those hard things are enough to knock a lot of people out of the game. (laughs) But we sat there this week and we said, you know what, we've got one little life to live. And I don't know about you, but the number of years that I've lived feel just like a breath. (laughs) It's just a moment in time. It's a moment in time. And for the rest of my life, however many years that is, God willing, is still just a breath. It's just a breath. One little life. One little life. One little life. But for us, in that moment this week, when we were like, we've got one little life to give. But we know God loves taking little things and multiplying them into something big. (laughs) We know it. We've seen it. And we're not stopping now. In fact, we held hands and we sat there and we prayed. And you know me, I cried. and, And we said, Lord, this is it. This is it. We are giving everything. We are giving everything and we are not holding back. We don't care what we've been through. We don't care how hard it's been. We don't care what we're facing. We don't care the battles that we are still waiting to see victory in. We're giving everything, Jesus, because we've tasted and because we've seen and because we know that you're alive. And we've been entrusted with something very precious. So what does it take? It takes our yes. And it takes us asking the Lord to take our little lives and to use our little lives. But for us, it is something that we really feel the Lord is calling us into together as a people and as a family. I've, I've been dwelling a lot this week on, on how, you know, God has called us to be light in the darkness. We were, we were all born to shine. You know that? You were born to shine. You weren't just born to take up space. <laughs> you weren't just born to live and, you know, wake up, brush your teeth, eat wheat bix, go to work, come home, watch Netflix and go to bed. That wasn't what you were born for. You were born to shine. Maybe you eat your wheat bix before you brush your teeth. I don't know. <laughs> but you were born to shine. You were born to make a difference in this world and in this life. We were born to shine. One little light in the darkness, and we live on a farm, so there's no other lights around except the stars in the sky. One little light shines bright in a dark night. How much more hundreds together as one? 
my goodness, when we stand as one and when we say yes as one and when we get on our knees as one and when we choose him above all else, you watch and see how the heavens and the earth begin to shake. You watch and see how the chains begin to fall. You watch and see how awakening begins to spring up all around. We were born to shine and we were born to glorify the king. And there are so many voices and there are so many things trying to dim that light and trying to break our faith, fill us with lies in our mind that he isn't who he says he is, that he hasn't come through, that he hasn't fulfilled a promise, that he doesn't hear, that he's hard to find, that when I get on my knees and pray, it's a waste of time. The enemy is shooting arrows left, right and center with lies into the body of Christ to weaken the very thing. Do you know one thing, and and I'm going to, I will hand back in a moment, I promise. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) One thing, one thing that really, really, gets to my heart more than anything is when the enemy touches my kids. You touch my kids, you touch me. You hurt my kids, you hurt me. You love my kids, you love me. <laughs> but as parents, there is something about your kids. It's, it's, it's your very heart living and breathing and walking around. It's, it's a piece of who you are. When the enemy touches your kids, watch out. But this is what the enemy is doing with the body of Christ, with the sons and daughters of, of, the, of the Lord. This is what the enemy is doing to the bride of Christ. He's touching the very thing that hurts the Lord's heart the most. He's touching and trying to break down sons and daughters of the Lord. He's trying to bring a darkness and an apathy and a despair and a hopelessness into the most precious, precious, precious thing of the Lord. And that's, that's you and that's me. When the enemy touches us, he is hurting the Lord more than anything. When the enemy tries to bring lies into our life, tries to hold us down, try to break our faith, distract us, do you know what he's ultimately doing? He's trying to hurt the heart of the Father. Yeah, he, he wants to wreak havoc. And, and you know what? You, you, you need to make a choice in life when it comes to decisions like this. You need to decide if God is who he, is, he says he is. If he is real, then he deserves my everything. Otherwise, if he's not, just do whatever you want. That's fine. But if he is who he says he is, then he deserves our all. So the enemy is, I believe, in this day and in this time and in this hour, trying to wreak havoc in the body of Christ to hurt the heart of the Father. But I'm telling you, (laughs) parents don't stay quiet for long when their kids are hurting. You ever want to hear a roar come forth from a a mama mama lion? (laughs) God is not going to stay silent. But I really believe right now, and and this is something that we feel very much, is that the Lord is looking for those who say yes to carry something very special in the time that is coming, in the time that is now. So this is the invitation that's going forth. Will you be a carrier of his glory? Will you be one who says yes to be a chain breaker, to carrying who he is, to begin to awaken up, to see others awaken? This is his heart. And here's the problem in the West with that question. The first thing we think of is, okay, what are we going to do now? What program are we going to roll out to see this happen? What, what, what 
system or calendar are we going to do as a church so that we can make sure we stay in touch? It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's got everything to do with how we're going to be now. Not what we're going to do, but how we're going to be. What's our posture going to be? How are we going to live? What are we going to do tomorrow when no one's looking? When, when, when there's no gathering. Gathering's nothing wrong with gathering, but we've become so processed cheese in our mindset that we have to have someone tell us what to do to see the kingdom of God released. And yet he's in front of us. He's in our hand all the time. All the time. Tomorrow morning when you wake up. Tonight when you go to bed. When you're going for a walk. When you're going to the beach. When you're together. When you're alone. Whatever it is. The kingdom of God is all around us. And so for us to really see what does this look like. We, we don't want it to be processed cheese. We don't want to roll out a calendar that you have to meticulously follow. A 21 days of this or that and the other. Even though we'll do those kind of things. But we've become so accustomed to being told what to do that we've forgotten how to think for ourselves and actually press into Jesus, the face of God for ourselves and not get a download from T.D. Jakes or Bill Johnson or someone else, but actually go to him ourselves. What a revelation. (laughs) Actually to go to the Father and seek him out ourselves and dig that well ourselves. And, and we've, it's a lost art, isn't it? It's a lost art in the body of Christ. And so that's something we're committing to. And that's something we're saying, will you go on the journey with us? It doesn't mean we won't help. We won't gather. We'll do prayer things. But, but just don't come and start suggesting a whole heap of things to us, okay? We don't need suggestions. We just want to seek him together. We just want to seek him together. We want you to seek him yourself. And, and just begin deepening that well. Begin writing stuff down, journaling or whatever it is and and just seeing if we can break through to a new level of a community going after Jesus. And I want to read something from Acts chapter 2, 25, 28. It's the third verse for the guys up there. Um, And this is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out and he's recounting what King David um, said about Jesus. He said, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. And ultimately what we're saying is the inheritance that you have and we have in this house is his presence. Some churches might have a call of worship, might have a call of evangelism, and we want all of those things. But if there's one distinctive that really for the last 30 or 40 years has marked this church family, it's his presence. It's what's changed more lives than any other thing, any other program or anything else. It's Holy Spirit. It's him. It's God meeting with people. And again, we don't want a formula for that. We don't want a methodology for that. We don't want behavior for that. We just want him. And so it's an invitation today to really say we want to embrace the joy of his presence because we don't want it to be hard work. We don't want it to be systemized. We want the joy of the Holy Spirit to flow through your house, through your life and our lives in a fresh new way. But it's really a question to you guys 
will you join with us? And, um, and so it's a question just rhetorically. We want to just have going through your mind this week, you know, what does it look like for me to dive in? Maybe you've done it before and you've been disappointed. Maybe you've done it for years and you're just flat. You're just flat. You're not feeling it. Whether the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. All we're saying is if your spirit's willing, that's enough for us. We don't need the flesh. We don't need all sorts of things. We just need your spirit. Because if we're one in spirit, then we can put many, many thousands to flight if we're unified. And, and that's all what we're saying. Because a lot of people are tired. A lot of people are, have been through so many uh, routines of things. But if the spirit is willing, then we can do it. Then we can do it. Yeah. So we want to invite you to stand this morning, and we just love to pray over us as a family. Yeah.